Hi guys and welcome back to Sequency 3080 a podcast that takes you on a journey into the world of anime. This is a podcast of Alok and I hope you're all doing amazing. So as you might have guessed by the title we're going to talk about some super cool amazing Indian scientists who did marvelous work throughout their lives. It is our duty and responsibility to give them the recognition and the respect that they deserve. I know it might be a little boring for some of you but that is why we tried to keep it short, crisp and informative. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Hello everyone. My name is Devya and I'm going to talk about Professor Sherpa Guha Mukherjee. Sherpa Guha Mukherjee was an embryologist born on 13th July 1938. She was inspired by the work of J.C. Bose to study botany. While working under Professor P. Maheshwari, she was trying to understand the biochemistry of meiosis when she made an accidental discovery. She had cultured anthers and left them in coconut water. Later, she noticed that some protrusions were coming out of these anthers. She talked to Professor Maheshwari and the thought that these were some kind of embryos as she was about to throw away her cultures she discovered small plantlets rising out of the anthers chromosomal counts performed later confirmed that these plantlets were haploid in nature haploid plants do not require fertilization this is sort of analogous to a child being produced just out of sperm There had been some research earlier in the 1920s to grow haploid plants but Professor Mukherjee's method turned out to be the easiest way of producing them. This provided a very efficient way of breeding plants with desirable traits. Her work didn't receive much recognition in India as many scientists were doubting whether the plantlets were really haploid in nature. In China though her work on using anther culture to produce haploid plants of rice was highly appreciated. Using haploids, rice varieties could be developed that are pest-resistant, high-yielding, and can be grown in three seasons. Throughout her career, she faced gender bias. Many scientists thought that it was improper to appoint a woman as a faculty member in a university department. In her words, No woman scientist could rise above a certain level and thus we felt mentally inferior to male scientists. Such attitudes are hazardous to the growth of the scientific community as they prevent many women scientists from realizing their true potential. While doing her postdoc in the USA, she received an invitation to join JNU as a faculty member of the life sciences department. She received the Senior National Bioscientist Award, the Om Prakash Bhasin Foundation Award in Biotechnology, and the Kanishka Award from the Lions Club for her work in science. She died on 15th September 2007 due to cancer which had metastasized to her brain from her liver. Now I'll hand over the mic to Ravi. Thank you Divya. So now let's talk about one of the most legendary scholars and physician of ancient india maharishi shishrut vidmi ravi he is believed to be born in first millennium bc 
around 600-700 BC in the kingdom of Kashi, which is today known as Benares. Maharishi Shishrut performed all kinds of surgeries from cesarean to cataract to plastic surgery, everything, and hence was also known as father of surgery. And remember that we are talking of a time when there was no technological advancement, whether in astronomical or medical science. I personally believe that Vedas were one of the very important sources for his research and for his such advanced knowledge. Shalya Tantra, which is described by Shishrut, is one of the ancient surgical signs known to us. And if we break down this word, then Shalya means broken arrow or sharp part of weapon and Tantra means maneuver. One of the main aim of this was to remove all kinds of miseries and pains that are happening to the body or the mind. And hence, when Shishrut was using this technique, it was later named as Shishrut Samhita. Shishrut performed one of the first plastic surgery in the world nearly 26 years ago. In those days, when any person commit any serious crime, he was punished by chopping off his nose. Shushrut invented rhinoplasty to reconstruct their nose. He also performed one of the first cataract surgery. He used a fine curved needle to remove the lens from the infected eye. And it was such a revolutionary procedure that it became popular outside of India. For such precise working and researches, he used to practice it on the dead bodies, which were submerged under the water, and the body decomposes with the passing time. By this, he examined human body layer by layer, and this helped him in inventing and performing very difficult surgeries like uh, caesarean surgery, the abdominal, and even the brain surgery. He realized that he needed many surgical instruments to perform his surgeries. Keeping this in mind, he invented around 121 surgical tools that he described in the Shushrut Samhita. Around 800 BC, Shushrut Samhita that was brought to the world in form of Arabic translation, which is also known as Kitabe Susrut. In 19th century, Dr. Francis Hessler translated the Sanskrit script into the Latin and Max Müller translated it into the German. In this way, the Shushrut Samhita and the author Shushrut got an international recognition. Although the work that he did, his contributions, it will never be forgotten. But sadly, he as a person is forgotten by his own country. There is no single description of him in a school textbook which make me wonder about how so easily we forget our past. He used to say, that an idle surgeon is a person who possesses courage and a great presence of mind, a person whose hands are full of control, a hand who have a firm grip over sharp and good instruments, a person who carries operation to success, a person who treats patient as his own son, as the patient surrenders himself and entrust his life to the surgeon. And honestly, I think knowingly or unknowingly, he had described himself 
with his own words. With this, I would like to hand over the mic to my friend Amaljeet. Thank you, Ravi. Now we are going to talk about the Indian-American physicist, best known for his work on fiber optics, Dr. Narendra Singh Kapani. He was born on October 31, 1926, in a Khatri Sikh family in Mogga, Punjab. He completed his schooling in Dehradun and went on to graduate from Agra University. He served as an Indian Ordnance Factory officer before going to Imperial College London for his PhD. At college, Kapani worked with Harold Hopkins on transmission through fibers, achieving good image transmission through a large bundle of optical fiber for the first time in 1953. Optical fiber had been tried for image transmission before, but Hopkins and Kapani's technique allowed much better image quality than could previously be achieved. This combined with almost simultaneous development of optical cladding by Dutch scientist Bram van Heel helped jumpstart the new field of fiber optics. Kapani coined the term fiber optics in an article in Scientific American in 1960. Kapani's research and work encompassed fiber optics communication, lasers, biomedical instrumentation, solar energy and pollution monitoring. He had over 120 patents and was a member of National Inventor Council. He was an international fellow of numerous scientific societies. He died on December 4, 2020 at the age of 94. He was awarded India's second highest civilian award, the Padam Vibhushan, posthumously in 2021. But still Not many India knows about this extraordinary personality who made such a marvelous inventions in the field of optical fiber. It was all thanks to him that the entire population could share data so easily. With this, I like to hand over the mic to my friend Hargun. Thank you Pamir for introducing us to the wonderful work done by Dr. Narendra. Upcoming next we have the pivotal research work done by Dr. Sambunath De. Dr. Sambunath De was an Indian medical scientist and researcher born in Hooghly district West Bengal India on 1st February 1915. He discovered collagen, a toxic protein complex secreted by the bacteria Vibrio cholerae. He designed various novel experiments to study the method of transmission of the pathogen. His research helped in the modern understanding of diseases that are caused by bacterial exotoxins. His research helped in the modern understanding of the diseases that are caused by bacterial exotoxins. His work is of great importance as it led to the development of using oral rehydration for recovery from cholera. Despite his monumental research, he was not awarded with any prize from the Indian government. Dr. Sambunath De was put forward for the Nobel Prize by Joshua Ledger, a Nobel Prize laureate himself. but he did not receive the recognition he deserved professor refused to gather publicity for his research as he believed that if his work was good enough the committee would ask for his data and work themselves at last professor day was invited to the 43rd nobel symposium on cholera and related diarrhea where he expressed his views about being shunned by the nobel committee and how being present at that very symposium made him feel like he was alive again The mortality rate for cholera has now dropped from 50 to 1%, and as we move 
closer to the eradication of disease on a global level. It is important to honor Professor Sambunade for his pivotal research. And with this, we have reached the end of our episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. If you're still here, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Keep listening to Frequency 3080 for, and follow us on your favorite podcast platform and visit our Instagram handle of RootRackedSD to stay tuned for future podcasts and events. Also, guys, there's something exciting that is coming soon. Really, really soon. So stay tuned for that. We'll see you next time. Till then, take care. Bye-bye.